Hi, listeners. Welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us today. I have a good friend of mine that I've known for over five years. Her name is Teresa Reif, and she has a powerful God story to share with us about forgiveness and healing from abuse. And I'm just so proud of this girl. She has written curriculum to help others who have gone through that same similar experience. And I know you're going to be so inspired by everything she has to say today. And I just want to welcome you, Teresa. And if you could just start out by sharing a little bit about yourself, that'd be awesome. Sure. Just to introduce myself a little bit, I'm originally from Boston. My husband and I, Joel, we, after we were married for six months, we moved to Seattle and we were there 17 years in the rain, but we ended up at an amazing church called the City Church and our lives were transformed. I feel like I say we grew up there and then God called us to Austin. Uh, which was amazing. My husband was actually born here in Austin, Texas. He had never been back until we were called. So until he started interviewing for jobs um, for us to move here, uh, he had never actually been back to Austin, Texas. So God just has done that amazing thing. So we live here in Austin. We helped start Expression Church where we now go with our three daughters. We have a 20-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a 12-year-old, all girls. So cool. Well, I can't wait for you to share your God story with us. Very interesting. Uh, The gift of or forgetfulness is a gift. So uh, explain that a little bit about your story. So I um, got done a lot in my life and I look back and I uh, have done a lot of I guess God has done a lot of hard work for me in the past few years, which is crazy because at 48, I feel like I'm still working through my childhood, which, wow, that just seems crazy. I'm 48. Um, <laughs> but the cool thing is that he got so gracious. God has just been so gracious to yeah. only make us handle what we're ready for. Sure. And so as a child, I was sexually abused by my father mm. our, my whole childhood from um, as far back as I can remember to around the age of 16. Mm. Um, it stopped at the age of 16, mostly because I just got strength about me and uh, said no. And yeah. From there, what's crazy is, and this is what God's been showing me as far as forgetfulness is a gift, is that um, I've had trouble as I've looked back in the journey of healing over these years to to see where God was in all that. And I feel like I've constantly asked that question, God, where were you? God, where were you? God, where were you? And and then brought to the place by um, just counselors or people that have prayed over me, I've been brought to that place, we'll try to see God in that place and I have hit a wall. And so every time that anyone prayed that over me, it was this wall of, you know, oh no, I'm not going there, (laughs) you know, and just too scary, really overwhelming fear of, 
uh, uh, you know, that moment where, first of all, the pressure to answer the question, I guess, you know, (laughs) that moment was awkward and weird. But then just knowing that every cell in my body couldn't even Mm -hmm. uh, come to grips with where that, what that looked like. Um, Because just to think about, you know, a child being raped is, is unfathomable enough. Right. um, But to have to feel like where god where were you right sure um yeah. it's a big question a big obviously question. god can handle that question because yes. he's a big god and i do believe that um but here's what's crazy is literally only in just the past couple of weeks god's been working in me on yes. <laughs> is is just seeing him and where he was well what's amazing about that is that um he really showed me that at 16 when i put my foot down and i said no more um, that he covered my heart and my head and, and really protected me in a way. And so mm. from the age of 16 to the age of 21, I, I repressed all of the memories right. of the abuse. Yes. And so I, what's, um, what's miraculous about that is that God really put himself into my life in those years. And I really... Um, was able to, because the abuse wasn't in the way, really, I wasn't focusing on what had actually happened to me. It enabled me to look at Jesus in a, in an open way. And then he placed people in my life, like amazing youth group. I, I wouldn't have made it without my youth leaders who were faithful, youth Mm. leaders who constantly talked about how God loved us, um, taught me to pray, Mm -hmm. uh, really taught me what God's voice sounded like for me. And just that ability to, to let God work in my life Mm -hmm. and change me to be the person, you know, even that opportunity to like, have God call me to do something because I don't think that I really could have comprehended that had I been so focused on what had happened to me. Does that make sense? So around 21, my sister and I were, I was riding the car she was driving and she just lost it, just started crying out. Uh, It just very excessively to where I was afraid for our lives because she was driving. So I kept saying, yeah, pull over. And she's a crier. So uh, with us, that's kind of in our relationship. But this was like, I can't even breathe that (laughs) the ugly cry. That's what we call it in our house with all girls. Yeah. Like, Uh, not the ugly cry. No, you know, where no one knows there's not enough tissues to deal with the ugly cry. Right. She's ugly crying and we're on the highway in Boston. She's driving. She's driving and we're on the highway in Boston. So it's like, Oh Jesus, help us. Okay. So I'm like, pull over, pull over, pull over. Um, so finally we get to a spot in Boston. It's even dangerous to pull over. So you gotta, you gotta, yeah. you gotta be careful where you pull over. So, so we finally get to a safe spot. We pull over and I'm like, what are you blubbering about? You right. know, I'm the older sister. So I don't know, you know, yeah. I'm kind of the Take one who puts on things the... in order. Yeah. Come on, come yeah. on, come on, calm down. Just stop crying. And I'm not a crier. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a crier. So on top of it, I'm not sure I was super yeah. compassionate no. at the moment in my head. I'm like, just stop crying and drive. Um, just get the job done. Right. That's, that's the first girl. Right. So. But she starts to say, she had just moved back to my parents' house from being at college. Mm-hmm. And when she finally calmed down to where she could speak audibly, so could I understand her, she said, you know what he did to us. I can't live there anymore. I can't oh, live there anymore. Wow, yeah. And so literally she's saying it and I'm like, oh, and I, and I think that my first response is being compassionate to my sister because I pretty much raised my brother and sister. And so you know, first, my first response was to take care of her. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then she keeps talking. And 
and all the realization of what she's saying is hitting home to me personally. Yeah, it's flooding back. It was right? overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, it was overwhelming. Yeah. But that same ability we have as moms, you know, to kind of set your own feelings aside, set your own thoughts aside is basically what I found myself doing. But then had to w- walk away from that and really like visit what she was saying, you know, once sure. I got home. Uh, and then and then a lot of things had to happen just in the natural uh, things had to change, things had to come out. Uh, what's miraculous on top of all this is at that time, I had already been looking for a place to live because I had been living with my parents. So I had literally just moved out, moved into a friend's house and had been renting a room from her. She was doing counseling for girls who had been sexually abused or raped in the top floor of her house. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So God is just, right? So good. So amazing. Yeah. Um. So... I, at that point, like my sister brings all this out. I didn't even, you know, I hadn't even thought about it. That wasn't why I was living there. In my head, I was like, I just need to rent a room. Can I rent a room for you? And this woman had been one of my youth leaders. Wow. And so I'm like, I know her. What do you, you know, can I pay you 500 bucks a month? Whatever, right? Sure. Well, so we kind of worked it out and I worked a deal with this woman and I got my sister a room and then that whole thing came out and she got involved and it, it really was God's hand and he just took over and... My mom ended up getting divorced. You know, it was all pretty yeah. messy. Um, but it really brought our family to a point, you know, where we, you know, had to face of what really, you know, the, the ugliness of what really happened. Now, did you get uh, healing from that counselor, from the one that lived in the apartment? She though, from did. The she helped us a lot. Okay. She, she ended up running um, some counseling groups. She was already running counseling groups. Yeah. So we just so basically that... just jumped into them. Okay. Um, I mean, literally, they were up the stairs you know, from my bedroom, where my bedroom So was, was that your first time maybe coming out with that? Definitely. It okay. was the very first yeah. time that I had talked about any so of it. So we know that whenever we reveal, we heal, right? So that's the yep. first step to healing yeah. is just revealing. Yeah. And I yeah. and I would say just to anyone listening that it's it's painful. Yeah. It's it's a terrible thing no, to face. No, it's not easy. But what's, what's, what God does is gives you back so much more. Yeah, and it it's so worth facing the pain and letting go because what he fills you up with, it, it, it's so much better. Mm. You can't even, I can't yeah. even put it into words. Like it, no. it just is so much better. And his healing, what I found was she started me on the journey with those, with those groups where we were all talking about it and she would pray for us. And then I did um, secular counseling where I just met with a woman who her specialty was sexual abuse. And right. so... Um, but honestly, I got in there and took charge of what of my healing. And so I didn't wait for her to tell me what I was going to do. I just said, listen, this is what I'm here for. I, and that's partly just my personality. I'm a give me the four things we're going to do. We're going to do it. It's mm-hmm. going to be done. I'm not yeah. going to sit around and wallow in this crap. I had enough of it, right? right. I had 16 years of this horror. And so mm-hmm. I just want to do what it takes. Sign me up. Like I'll yes. do what it takes. Right. And so I went in and I said to her, I'm like, I want goals. I want to get them done. I'm out of here. Like, yeah. I don't want to sit around and whine about what happened to me. And that's right. partly, it's just my personality. But I really mm-hmm. believe that when we put our minds to that with God, that he, he'll do it. Like if we're ready and yeah. we say it, he's like, okay. Oh, right. Open yeah, heart. I want, he's that's right. coming in. Yeah, right. That's yeah. right. Good. That's right. So, um, just back to the point of what I made is I really see God's hand and how he just the protection and, and that really that's where he was it just to answer that question that I 
that I had all these years that he answered for me uh, was that, where were you, God? Where were you when that happened to me? How could that terrible thing have happened to an innocent child? But I would say that the most important thing that I found is that he showed me he was there, that he protected my mind and my heart even when the abuse was happening. And the reason I know is because given the opportunity to forget, I still went toward the church. I still went towards Jesus when my father hid in the church. He was a deacon. He was a piano player. He was friends with the pastor. Yeah. So if anything, that would have made you turn away. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So that would be the propensity would be that, yeah, see ya. Why would I in a million years? Mm -hmm. But that's what we have to do. We have to find Jesus and not people. Right? That's right. Um. And, and just because I was subject to my father's free will, right? He's in, He was inflicting his sin upon me. Right. It wasn't my sin to carry and it wasn't my fault, which was also a le- part of my learning, right? In the healing process was that it wasn't my fault. I don't have to carry that shame and guilt because it doesn't belong to me. Mm-hmm. And so I had to work through that too. Yeah. But really... God had to have been there and protecting my heart and my mind through the whole thing mm-hmm. or I couldn't have turned to him, you no. know, and, and then the gift of forgetfulness was all those years, the 16 to 21 when I was in high school mm-hmm. and my high school years weren't fantastic. I don't look back on it like, mm-hmm. Ooh, high school musical. It was amazing. Not yeah. at all. I yeah. mean, I had yeah. two friends die in a drinking and driving car accident and one of our youth leaders died of brain cancer. And oh. I went to more funerals than I can, I even want to remember, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter what happened. God was still there yeah. and blessed me in a way with my mind and my heart that I could He gave me that freedom to turn to him. And so that when the memories all came flooding back, I already had the relationship with him Mm, that I developed within that forgetfulness. So at 48, I forget things all the time and I don't really like to look at it as a good thing. You know, (laughs) Um, in my young age, that forgetfulness was a -hmm. gift. It was a gift. And so um, it's been shocking and freeing all at the same time for him to show me and open that up for me just to see where he was in that you know and and I felt like I wanted to physically see him there Mm. and that just felt like weird you know that just felt awkward and ouch like Like, no I don't want to ooh, no thank you please God do not be there no right like it's ugly I don't want you to see that ugly that I experienced God because you yeah. It's almost like I didn't want to welcome him there because, ew, like who right. would want? I didn't no, want to be there. No, if anything, like Jesus was weeping. Like he yeah. was crying. Yeah. And yet so, what God, yeah. the, the amazing picture that he showed me was just his hand covering oh. my head. Yeah. His hand covering my heart. That that yes. really no matter what happens to us in life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the human part of us, right? We want to see it like our like our sight, our way. right? Like the way that yes. we would see it as a physical person being in the room. But God is so yeah. much bigger than that. Yeah. And I think that's the part that I really have gotten a hold of. That he's yeah. just so much bigger than what, what we physically see walking around. And that our expectations are really low compared mm-hmm. to what his are. And yeah. compared to what he can do. Right. And and just the size of his hand and the, and the mm-hmm. size of his abilities. And it's so much greater then we could comprehend. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know? We can't so even much... begin to wrap our minds around, right? No, but in his graciousness, so he makes it small enough for us to understand. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah, and we limit ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. and we have to be intentional to 
uh, see the way God sees, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and see through His lens. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, no. but it's exactly how we should live, right? Because right. we can look at our circumstances in a whole different light and know that we don't have to carry that burden. Right. We don't have to carry that shame. Yep. God saw that happening. He was crying because sin is here, evilness is mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And to have him show you, I was there and mm-hmm. I was guarding your heart and yeah. I was guarding your mind yep. because like you were saying, the trauma would have been so devastating. Mm-hmm. Only a year later, my sister and I, we went on to do you know counseling and groups and we got into a group only a year later in with women who had been sexually abused by their parents, mm-hmm. uh, one parent or the other. And we went into the group thinking, wow, we're in rough shape. And in sitting there, realized we are doing great. Yeah. Um, there right. was a woman who like could only knit the whole time. Sure. She didn't say anything. I bet. Yeah. You know, and, the, and then yeah. there were other, there were two other girls who were sisters like us who cried the whole group. Yeah. You know, and so we left feeling like, oh, we're good. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Right. Um, but but that's the only reason. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, we know. I think it was good for us in a sense because mm-hmm. we realized what God had already done. Because God had put us in a place where there were people that loved us, first of all, beyond our yuck, mm-hmm. really, because there was so much yuck. And there was so much shock within our church of what happened because it was so unexpected. We were mm-hmm. this perfect little church family who was there every week. And right. um, because it, at 15, I was teaching first grade Sunday school classes. Oh, wow. And helping lead in the youth group. And, you right. know, so I was right. already in ministry, um, in ministry as yeah. a kid. And mm-hmm. so from the outside, our family looked, looked. like the perfect picture. Mm. It yeah. went wildfire, um, yeah. like through the prayer team right out lots of phone calls went and under the auspices of we're gonna pray about that the whole church knew um Mm -hmm. which was a bummer for us that was that's probably one of the harder things honestly that I dealt with that people I had known my whole life I felt like knew this very intimate detail of Mm -hmm. uh my life that I didn't even know how to deal with yet right uh so you know people didn't believe us you know Mm -hmm. we had to deal with that we had to deal with the questions the constant well, was it happening when this, or do you think it happened to me when I was at your house? And, you know, mostly because I didn't remember it. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, I did a lot of cutting off of relationships. You you learn in those situations who your true friends are, who can handle your stuff. And and so I'm just a naturally strong person and God had gotten a hold of me, so I knew what I needed. Yes. Um, I knew that I needed him above all and that he was my best friend, thankfully, Mm -hmm. at that point. So he was the one I talked to the most and and listened to the most, thankfully. And so I think that I learned who couldn't handle and who could. God had really been so faithful and put really good people in my life already. Yeah, he's he's been showing up. And I keep coming back to this word pursuing. Like God just pursues Mm -hmm. you. Relentlessly. And the Bible says that, that he relentlessly pursues us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. despite anything. And I, just going through all that, that probably 
I mean, I love that you leaned even closer to God and you never Mm. gave up on him, Mm -hmm. even though all that deep, horrible stuff happened to you. But then also you had to deal with the church family Mm -hmm. and having to pray through that and probably went through uh, trusting the church again. Well, I did stop going to church for a little while. Sure, It was our family church. So (laughs) right. Uh, To be in that position and know that all these people know that I was raped, that I was, you know, all these disgusting things happened to me that I wasn't even ready to work through was overwhelming. And so that was actually a hard thing too, because then it was, Mm. oh, you're falling away. And just because you're not showing up for church... Uh, that was one of the best things I ever did. And and not with the idea that I wouldn't go back to church because I knew that. Now, did I go back to that church? No, just because of uh, because I couldn't handle it. But you know what? God's so good. There's so many churches out there. Yeah. There's, there's never a good excuse to not find a good church, even if right. it takes a while, because God in his gracious, amazing providence takes care of us in that way. He provides us with communities that are like us. And so it's worth the pursuit of finding the right place, which is exactly what I did. Whatever it took, I knew that that's what I needed was to be in a community and be in with people who love Jesus and who would love me despite all the crazy that I had dealt with. And yeah, for those that are listening, don't give up on church. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. That's right. And it's okay to take time off as long as you are hearing from God in that time. I think that I set aside the time still on Sundays and I sat and I listened and I played worship music and I talked to my sister about Jesus a lot and we were still in a place where God could speak to us. Probably one of the best things I did was just putting myself into that kind of a bubble for a short season. Sure, sure. To just where... resting in his presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we have to be careful in life, like in every in every situation of who we listen to, right? Of who we put ourselves under, of who we let influence our thoughts and, and our actions and our choices. And we have to know that it's God that we listen to first. Right. You know, some of the really amazing things God did was even meeting my husband in that he knew me in the time when my family was working all the details out of how to heal and divorce. And um, I have a sister and a brother. My sister was affected and my brother wasn't abused sexually at all, but had plenty of other obviously emotional abuse living in that home. So I was 21 when everything came out with my family and just working through all that. I had met Joel in the process, the church we ended up going to after that rest, you know, after that not going to church for a little while, the church we ended up going to, my husband was attending and he was in, they had a really great college and career group. And so we ended up with this great group of friends and I met Joel through the whole thing and he was kind and gracious and different than I had ever dated before and yeah you know and god kind of told me like this is the man you're supposed to marry scared the daylights out and i was like what but joel was that person that i knew you know i just god told me and i was like oh i know when Mm. you say something it's gonna happen but he was exactly the right person for me you know Mm -hmm. and i know that i know that i know that i know that Mm -hmm. um i knew it then ended up moving to seattle after we got married and had three girls like what Mm. you know I have children now and yeah and that was a whole other healing process for me uh, just having children and having girls right Mm. so I had Mm -hmm. to trust Joel there with him having girls in my house and that was a 
<laughs> there's a lot of healing I had to do. Basically a trust issue, right? Because yeah. yeah, you've just shown uh, a different picture of what a earthly father was. Right. Yeah. And now you had to, mm-hmm. I mean, I went through a little bit of that with earthly father and then how different the heavenly father is yeah. from your earthly That's father right. in That's order right. to have that personal relationship. So you had it in the way of marrying somebody, having three girls yeah. and having to look at them like, okay, like a true, you know, a good earthly father you know yeah and as I look back that's probably one of the uh, most significant things that happened to me at City Church was that I really did do that exchange of my earthly father for my heavenly father and Mm -hmm. I think that no matter what father you have good or bad great or not so great everyone needs to do that I think because when we become adults our parents aren't still parenting us Mm-hmm. But we still need parenting. We still need that help, that advice, that grace, mm-hmm. just that wisdom that he gives us. Yeah. Uh, we still need that. My goodness. I, yeah. I think I'm still growing up and I'm 48. Well, um, yeah, we don't stop growing. We just keep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, because I don't want to stay the same. No. Uh, but then we started having, you know, we have our girls. We have three girls. And my first, I had an emergency C-section. My second, I had an emergency C-section. Mm-hmm. And my last, thankfully... Well, they put me on bed rest, so that was terrible. But because I had had two emergency C-sections already, I was high risk. And it's all these years later, so the technology was amazing. Okay. So after I had her, um, I still had to have a C-section because once you have two, that's what you get. Well, after Allie, so after I had our third daughter, she's 12 now, They, uh, I went back in and just kind of those checkups afterwards. And so they did this 4D ultrasound. Anyways, they basically do a scan of your insides, and from that, they... They told me that I never should have had kids. Wow. So physically, I have so much scar tissue from my abuse mm. that yeah. they told me. So I have three beautiful girls. And really, forgetfulness was part of that because honestly, ignorance was bliss. Sure. My husband and I were just having a great old time. And so we yeah. got, got three girls in that abuse and in that mess. I didn't know, you know, and he took care of us. So God wow. can take care of you no matter what you face and even if it's the opposite of what I had and you know you have a problem and you're working really hard God can work in that too and we're just believing with you if you're going through that 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 he's gonna take care of you just the way he took care of me miracles yeah God can all three of my girls I had yeah yeah, it's crazy make the impossible possible make a way well, thank you, Teresa. This is a deep and intense, but the whole other side of this mm-hmm. is just the way God turns ashes to beauty mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how he turns everything absolutely horrible or was horrible to something that can now influence others because God has shown you the other <clears throat> side and has shown you his glory and who he is more and more each day. So Thanks for coming on here and and sharing your story. You're welcome. Hi, friends. In our reflection time, Teresa talked about when she asked God, where were you when this happened? If this relates to you in any situation, I encourage you to pray and ask God. He wants to heal and free us so badly. And our God is the only one that can completely make us whole. And in another part of Teresa's story, we talked about how our Heavenly Father is different from our earthly father and how we need to look to our Heavenly Father as the one who will always be there for us and will never disappoint. 
I encourage you to look to God, our Heavenly Father, and pray. Write in a journal and ask Him to heal you of any struggles you may have that's keeping you from seeing God as your Father. And for more information on freedom from abuse, please visit Teresa's website at TeresaRife.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-S-A-R-E-I-F-F dot com. Thank you so much for listening today. I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com and sign up. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jamie Elizabeth She Speaks Life. That's J-A-Y-M-E Elizabeth She Speaks Life. Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals himself through your own life story.